Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Here's a secret you can pass it around. My head in the clouds and two feet on the ground. Here's a secret you can pass it around. All right. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. I'm Mike. We got Max and we got Shane. We're all here. Shane and I are actually together here at the office in 299 Queen Street West. Max, I can see that you are, after traveling the world, you're zooming in from your home in Toronto, Ontario. Actually, we're all in Toronto right now. We're all in the city, but we're not together. Why didn't you come down to the office? We could have done this together. Yeah, why didn't I? I don't know. I should have. That would have been great. Wait, I'll be there in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Get an Uber. Yeah. Um, Guys, question for you. Um, Shane, you know, we're starting 15 minutes late. You had to take a a production call and you've been very, very busy. Every time I call you, you're in the middle of a call or you're on set. My question is, is it possible to be a showrunner for a show and also be a father at the same time? Hmm. Well, you need a village to help you out. So (laughs) it's only possible if you have an unbelievable support system. Mm. I think you're supposed to get a sketch show when you're unencumbered by family and children. Uh, (laughs) Maybe uh, maybe encumbered sounds uh, harsh on them, but uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm definitely in a too many people to thank situation. Mm. But if it comes to just uh, with the kids and everything, I have to thank my in-laws, John and Lorna, who have been uh, unbelievably helpful. My mother, Patricia. Well, you cue it up. What do I do? Just like these people might be listening. My mom listens. My in-laws listen. You know, I can't thank Alex because she was on set with me every day. So she wasn't really helping with the kids. She was in the same boat as me. And uh, yeah, you know, stepdad Brad, my dad. I was thinking I was plugging in my I'm using the in-ear monitors that I use on stage for my headphones today. Uh, They look 
you did cut me off mid-speech as yeah, I was thanking Roseanne. Give a shit about who you <laughs> I, had to did. I did. This is what I want to know, Shane. As you're saying, the answer is like, okay, so yeah. back to my in-ear monitors. <laughs> Adequate Shane chatter is uh, finished. Now I'll cut yeah. in. All right. So your in-ear monitors. What's what's the thought? Do you think that um, because we've moved to this like Zoom era of broadcasting, where it's like back in the good old days, like if you wanted to be on TV and like give a report on something, you need to put on a suit and you need to do your hair and you need to go into a studio and look sharp. And there's real professionalism now because of COVID and the modern world, all these media professionals, like, and there's also a lot of like sports talk shows that you see on Sportsnet, like, you know, that are like half radio show, half television show. And there's like talking heads. Everyone has a different kind of headphone. And it kind of annoys me because sometimes you see people with like really ratty looking like just headphones. And then sometimes there's like the big cans, the classic radio head cans. Do you think it should be regulated? Does this bother you? I just realized that it kind of bothers me because it looks, it cheapens everything, the aesthetic of television. Do you think there should be like a regulation like type of headphone if you're going to be reporting live from home or something? Do you know what I mean? Universally regulated or you mean within <laughs> each station? Maybe within each station or just like kind of a standard yes. practice. Yeah, because it just feels kind of ramshackled, right? Yeah, I think everyone, it, the station should provide the people with the headphones. Mm -hmm. Because especially if you want people to look nice, like your hair right now, Max, it's wild. It's out it of control. Yeah. But, but you're a rock star. That's kind of what you want. But if you're a reporter, you probably want little earbuds that's not going to fuck up your hair so much. That's right. You Little little ones you can't even see. I, I don't even want to see the headphones. Mm -hmm. I want I want the in-ear pieces. You know what I mean? Like like the good old like yeah. the classic on-the-scene reporters. What are your thoughts, Mike? I think nothing matters, man. <laughs> nothing matters. Not even in-ear headphones. Specifically in-ear headphones don't matter. I don't know. What, what, like, what, like, what do we even do? What is TV anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what do we, cons you know what I mean? It's like, there used to be a standard that was understandable, a construct, and we don't have that anymore, for better or As worse. As you record it's, from it's democratized. 299 Queen Street West, the hub of Canadian media. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> as, I, as I harp on about the death of traditional media, I think, you know, it's democratized talent. Anybody can do anything now, which is a good thing. But also, like, we don't really know what we're looking at. What do people want? Do they even want someone in a suit with a thing? Is that how they consume their news anymore? Do they get it on Twitter? I, this has sort of been a conversation for almost a decade now, and we still don't have answers. We're just sort of in the Wild West of what it's going to be. There is no standard anymore is the point, Max, although it seems you would like to have a standard. Of I wish you looking have at some kind of standard so, so it's like the headphones look <laughs> a little better. That's all. You know? So, Mike, do you like over-the-head headphones? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, if 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 if... Everyone should have like a version of the headset, like something that comes like if you're doing a like what. But I'm antiquated. Like my idea of TV, you'd have the little wire that would come up the back and go into your earpiece. If you're someone that's like doing like a, a remote interview or you're reporting from somewhere, you wouldn't have like an AirPod. You certainly wouldn't have like the cans like Max is saying. I think everyone would have a little bit of, you know, the proper thing. You know, that goes if in if the I ear. put these in-ears uh, behind like the, I'm wearing them in, in front of me, like they're like yes. Apple headphones. But normally on stage, I tuck them behind, they go behind your ear and then they go down your neck and yeah. through your shirt and your back. I think everyone should just do that. You know, I think we need to go back to something a little bit more formal. Hide them yeah. a bit, you know, so we're not so aware. Like, it does feel like we're in the era. We're still like coming out of COVID and remote interviews and maybe no one will ever do like a, tradi like a traditional car wash anymore where like Paul McCartney comes to 299. Maybe it's like, he's like, why would I go to 299 and do like however many interviews I can do in Toronto when I can sit in my kitchen and yeah. literally do... 150 yeah, interviews. That's in why a day. Max isn't here right now. Going 10 minutes down the street has become too much. Exactly. No, what do we think about? I didn't about... know you guys were in the office today. I thought you guys were in Hamilton. That's all. 
Mm. Yeah, but you didn't even care to ask because you're like, this is much more convenient <laughs> to just, I'll, I'll, you know, roll hey, out listen, of it. Listen, Ash and I have to go shopping for the tour. We're going to walk by 299 Queen probably in two hours. Maybe we'll, maybe you guys can pop out and say hi. Yeah, maybe yeah, not, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if we don't? <laughs> Another question. Do you guys think, what do you guys think of um, the NBA fashion trend where the players can wear whatever they want on the bench versus, because up until two years ago, they had to wear suits. And also for the coaches, they had to wear suits on the bench. And then now they're just wearing like sweats, you know, like, I don't know if I like that either. And as a guy who hates suits, like I don't, I don't even really own a suit. I hate wearing a suit. I'm an artist. I should be able to wear whatever the hell I want. But there's some things that I'm like, put on the suit, guys. What do you make of that? I think usually if you're on the bench and you're wearing a suit, it's because you're injured, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. You want the guy who's injured to be comfortable. Mm. Have him be the most comfortable. He he could be in a Snuggie laying down (laughs) hospital bed. Anything. Oh, yeah. That sounds nice. They bring out a hospital (laughs) bed. Put your feet up. We'll bring you some couch. I don't know. Couch, though. Well, they adjust. They're, in theory, comfortable. Well, I mean, there's a couple things. Like, the coach thing, they're kind of, they look like gym teachers now. I think that might be like a Nick Nurse quote. I don't know if that yeah, was to you directly, he hates but like, that. He, yeah. yeah, he hates it. <laughs> so like the sweatsuits are like, they're a vibe. And what you're getting back to though, is literally whether it's a suit, a formal suit for an NBA coach or a headset, you're sort of lamenting the sort of changing nature mm-hmm. of like these contracts we have. As far as the players, that goes back to like, that was a David uh, Stern thing. Because Allen Iverson. That's mm-hmm. right. He was trying to, this is a very controversial decision that David Stern, the former commissioner of the NBA made, which essentially you'd have like Allen Iverson on the bench. You'd have all of these sort of like young uh, uh, NBA players who were sort of into hip hop culture and sort of that style. David Stern thought that it was a turnoff to sort of like season ticket buyers, like the affluent white people with mm-hmm. money in the suburbs maybe weren't as into coming to the games if they saw all of these sort of like urban style on the bench so Stern's like let's class it up let's go suits if you look at the NHL all these like farm-born millionaires they come walking into the arena with their suits and their hair you know it's like it's a vibe and people had different thoughts on it what was the motivation behind it one do you think the decision initially was bad yes and I think I think it was a racist decision immediately uh, originally But now you've come around on it now you want them in suits no I, I I think I'm just missing a formality there's the everything just seems so loosey goosey. Why though? I don't know. I don't know. But it's awesome. The f- I well, it's, you, it's were you not an Iverson guy? And now it's transitioned into fashion. I don't were know. Were you not an Iverson guy though? I love. I have an Allen, Allen Iverson uh, vintage T-shirt from the '90s. I bought Allen Iverson shoes like three different occasions in the '90s. I drew pictures of Allen Iverson. All my my. At one point, my like grade, f- he was always in suits though. In those, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what I he changed wish he his outfit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my grade. Which wish removes all his tattoos. Is like uh, your son uh, is doing a couple disturbing things. Uh, number one, he keeps on drawing pictures of Allen Iverson, and to make it weirder, he's always in a suit. He's never in a. <laughs> Yeah, to Shane's point, he has no tattoos in these drawings either. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably the only reason I have tattoos is because Alan Iverson. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, guys, um, I, I just uh, had those two topics off the top. I have some other ones written down. What's on your mind, mm-hmm. though? What, what are you guys thinking about? Okay, I'll stay on this topic. It's a good okay, topic. What about doing news reports, but the reporter is in front of a curtain the whole time? A curtain? So you never see the reporter. Well, yeah. That's just radio then, basically. Right. Yeah. But what if they're because I find a lot of the curtain, they're behind a curtain. Like, you know how um, the Malcolm Gladwell things about uh, orchestras, they were often Mm. doing orchestras in person auditions. They want to judge them based on their talent. 
so women weren't getting cast into orchestras or things because ah, there was a bias towards yes. the men. But I find when I watch the news, a lot of these reporters are so attractive. <laughs> so I think if we add the curtain, we could get better reporting. <laughs> you know, it's a good question because this kind of gets to sort of like the uncomfortable truth about like what what is like the idea of newscasting? Are we putting the best journalists in those anchor positions or are we 100% sort of putting people in those positions based on how they look aesthetically? Or does it even matter? You know what? When it's like the the most integrity in the world and it's whoever. Well, uh, I think in the past they would have been like career journalists. And I think that they can have some say if you have enough power as an anchor over editorial. Meaning like I want to cover the war in Ukraine, let's say. And it's like I want to cover it a certain way. They may have that power as an anchor. But I think to your point for like, you know, hundreds of stations across America and even in this country, you're basically reading a teleprompter. You're talking head. Yeah. Like on reading someone else's words, maybe. Yes, because I don't mean to diminish the art form. I was genuinely curious, like, how much are they doing? Yeah. And I guess the same could be said for actors, because actors are just reading lines. But Daniel Day-Lewis is definitely a cut above, right? He's Yeah, he's like, he's obviously one of the best in the world at what he does. But I think that's why people want to get into acting so much is because, like, the heavy lifting is almost like, are you charismatic and are you believable when you Mm -hmm. read someone else's lines? It's like the cinematographer, the director, the writers, the producers, so many people are doing so much work. You get to show up sort of like be cool or charismatic or emotional yeah. or whatever and you get paid the most and then you get the most notoriety so it's, yeah, it's the a best great gig, gig in entertainment that's why like everyone wants to be a musician if you can be a musician you're like if you're good enough to write the songs it's like the best gig because it's like you just get to go on stage and everyone thinks you're amazing and you've changed their life with their lyrics and all that stuff i will say this about musicians and this is this is the thing I'll, I've always respected the most. Like, it's like, obviously, like, everybody wants to be in an Arkells or a, you know, whatever, a Justin Bieber or whatever that is. The Like Shane said, the zero one percent mm-hmm. that make it and make a, a good living and thousands of fans show up every time you play in a city. Uh, but I have always kind of had, like, I have this sort of, like, um, deep-seated sort of, like, I don't know if it's, like, respect or awe for, like, the, the bar people. Like, mm. the bar musicians that are, like, I'm 45 and I show up and I play, like, my... 25 covers or I'm good. I'm still playing my originals. And it's like, that really is like such a love for performing mm. and writing your songs that goes beyond like, I don't know, I, whatever, like we consider successful. Like if that's a lot of money or like a million fans, it's like, if people are still doing it at that point, cause like mm-hmm. I, I liked writing songs a lot. Like I wrote a ton from like 15 to 25 or something, but I didn't love it so much that it's like, you know what? Like when it comes to my free time and what I want to do, I'm going to go down into my office and I'm going to write some music and I'm going to play it next Saturday and I'm going to try and get all my friends out. It's like, that's like, I'm like, I don't have that within me. And it's, so I think it says to me that I don't, that like that fire is not as deep as it is for a lot of these guys and gals that are out doing it still, in spite of the fact that they're not in Arkells. Max, I wonder where you fall on that spectrum. If things hadn't broken for you sort of out of university, mm-hmm. you guys get the record deal, you guys sort of start doing things. Y- would you still, you know, a decade later be doing that or would you just be like the CEO of a company? It's a good question. Um, I do have a real love of music. Like yesterday I was working on some music. It wasn't even Arkell's related. It was just like for our friends, another friend's podcast. I'll tell you about it later. But uh, just, you just need a theme song. And I just, and I just got to go into the studio with my friend, Derek Hoffman, who produced Arkell stuff. And we just like kind of banged together an idea uh, in an hour. And I just had the best time. And it kind of gave me, and I've listened to this like 55 second snippet 
like a hundred times since we did it. Is it any good? It's awesome. It's very good. Podcast, podcast, <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> Wear the same headphones when the you podcast. do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, so I do, I do genuinely love music, but I do think, yeah, I don't know if I would have had that same kind of drive if it didn't work out. I would have had a drive to do something that was really enjoyable. That's why I work so much is because it's, it doesn't really feel like work and I just, but I know how precious it is. And so you have to work a lot to hold on to the thing because if you don't then it could go away from you and then your life is you know a different life and i love my life right now um but i will say uh this conversation about like uh musicians that just like love it i think about tom moffett and tom moffett's our trumpet player and tom is the epitome of just like a working musician he probably plays four or five nights a week he tours with our cows. He'll tour with other bands too. So he'll leave the city. But basically he has like a collection of gigs at different clubs. And so he'll do the odd like wedding gig, but he tries to not do that anymore. And his life is just, he enjoys his life so much because he genuinely loves the trumpet. He loves the challenges of like learning new music all the time. He genuinely loves hanging out in bars and drinking four to nine drinks in a night. And just like having great conversations and having a smoke outside. And it's like never destructive. Tom is like genuinely probably one of the like most happy, well-adjusted people I know. He'll wake up, you know, at 11 or 12. He'll read his book. He'll have a very easy going afternoon. Then he'll put his trumpet on his shoulder and ride his bike down to the gig. And I was like, oh, like the, just your satisfaction with your life as a musician is what I don't think a lot of people have and he has it. So I think that uh, to your point, Mike, the admiration for the working musician who just like really loves it and loves practicing, you know, like when we're on one tour, like Dennis just practices saxophone, like does scales and stuff. All that I was like, he, dude's doing scales. He's, he's in his forties. He's been playing saxophone for 25 years professionally at the highest level. And he just practices all day. I was like, not because he probably yeah. has to, just because he wants to and he loves it. So I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Maybe he's not good at anything else, though, <laughs> too. This is all I can yeah. do, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's that with people as well. What um, Can we give a little update on uh, show stuff? So you guys are bas basically done filming, right? And there's just getting into edits and stuff, right? Yeah, we've got, you know, three or four little things to shoot. Um, but yeah, pretty much we've we've got a, a lot of edits. Maybe we've seen 30 something rough edits and it's exciting. And, you know, it's sometimes Can you send them to me. Can I watch them? I'll give you notes. Uh, I think we know all the notes. It's <laughs> like, like I'd love notes when we feel like we don't need notes. So that's when I think the best notes come. It's like, it's like, it's like you get an edit like this and it's the percentage that it's at. You'd have too many notes. Cause trust me, we see these edits and we're like, we have a mm. bucket of notes. You need to see it when like the bucket is addressed and there's yeah. like, it's more looks molded into what it will mm. be as opposed to what it is now. You would be incredibly annoying. You'd be like, eh, maybe it could be a little faster. We'd be like, we know Max, yeah. we know just <laughs> stop. Okay. Like, um, what if that was color corrected? Yeah. 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 No, um, no, I but yeah, there, there are some that are far along, which we could show you just to maybe yeah. potentially cite you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to offend you because I see that you're not taking this in the spirit no, that we I mean it, which is shit. like, I'm just saying ha -ha. that you're being a difficult oh, okay. creative. Calm down, and I'm trying to be a good executive <laughs> producer and you need to. You are good. <laughs> 
being patient is a big part of being an executive yeah, producer. Also, speaking of being an EP, we we were supposed to be there for one of the last two days of I shooting know. to be. In some I stuff. knew that was never going to happen. Well, we talked on this podcast about how, like, oh, what would Max be like in an mm-hmm. acting situation? We started thinking about what role can we throw him into when he comes to mm-hmm. set on one of these days. I would have loved to. I would have loved to be on set with you guys. Actually, you know what? I would have loved to show up. And then leave because it would have been boring. Yeah. Yes, but, I know. Uh, I could tell. <laughs> but you could. You brought it up. It's not like we said, "Hey, Max, why don't you swing by?" You said, "Hey, can, can I come by?" I said, "Yes," and then you didn't. I will. I mean, I, it is interesting though. Like, the, I guess the, the it's wrapped in the sense that the main unit is wrapped. You know, for like people that like the the the, the sort of bulk of the show that was shot was like that seventeen days, not straight. We had weekends off, but we're like twelve hour days, and that was where it's like all of the cast and the crew and everybody was really together. It was like a summer camp, but for like 17 days. And that was like a very unique experience that, I mean, I don't know how much we've gotten into stories or if we'll wait to have maybe like Daryl Wong, the DP to come on or whatever. But there were a few funny things that happened that maybe we share. Like uh, when we were shooting the Turner tonight one, Oh, uh, well, we can't share that. Say, we're not oh, say okay. names. I, can we tell, I think we tell without saying names, but it was a funny moment on set where it's this sketch called Turner Tonight and the bit is it's like a late night talk show like a Jimmy mm. Fallon type show um, and Shane is we can talk about the concept yeah. right, you think or do you want people to see it do we have to say, we won't say specifics Shane is a guest on the show I'm playing a Jimmy Fallon type talk show mm. host I'm Eugene Levy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes so anyway but, but it's a little weird that. but anyway so long story long is Shane's like in the guest seat I'm at the desk we're kind of going through a few takes uh, but it's like anything where it's like oh ladies and gentlemen Eugene Levy and he comes out of the curtain and the band plays and all that stuff but so we reset back to like ones to get the shot again so Shane's behind the curtain so he's not like anywhere and but i can see shane from the desk like from the the talk show desk i can see through a little sort of like glass window it's like shane. a cellophane yeah window yeah, yeah. That, but only i can see shane and then everybody else the cast and the crew and where the audience would be for a talk show is like in front of me but i'm like alone on stage something happens on set where uh tensions boil over due to it's not like a sort of a mix of technical and other things where oh, some in people, real life or on the set of yes. the this really? is this is how this and is, okay. we hadn't really had tensions boil Not over that much. So this is the first time. So it's a little bit like oh, oh my goodness. Like day day 15 too. So there's only two days left. So in fact, it's pretty much a miracle that everybody was working together, 12 hour days, two sketches a day, really trying to grind, that it took that long for like a moment like that to happen. Yeah. So it's happening off in a corner with some people and it's it gets it escalates it gets loud like like there's now like the confrontation is like <laughs> can you tell me the names we could beef them out or something no no well afterward but though the point of this story is it's a very common thing for this this sort of thing to happen on set but it's it's happening but i'm feeling very naked and alone on stage because everybody else there's like 30 people in the room they there's i'm just the only thing on stage with the lights hitting me but i'm also like i want to be I'm also, you know, an exec producer showrunner on this thing. So like along with Shane and John, it's like I'm also a person in somewhat of a position of authority, but I'm also acting. And I'm the only thing people are kind of looking at because they don't want to look at the confrontation, or at least that's the way I feel. And I'm in my little cocoon of safety in my like fake green room that they've built for Eugene. <laughs> and only I can see Shane on side stage, essentially. So this this confrontation is happening. It's very loud. And I look over at Shane, who I can see through the window, but I'm the only one that can see Shane. And he does this thing where he kind of is like making eye contact with me. And me and him, we've known, obviously, we're like best friends. We're making strong eye contact in this moment where this like, 
this confrontation's happening, like, oh, this and that and fuck and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Shane and I are looking at each other. And then Shane just gives me a look, like, almost like, gotta go. And yeah. then he slowly walks out of the frame so that I can't see him anymore. Like, he wants to avoid it. And it took everything in me not to explode <laughs> laughing. Well, I was, like, I have these huge Eugene oh eyebrows my on. My mustache is painted skin tone <laughs> color. so funny with his gray hair and his eyebrows. And he just kind of, like, it's almost like that giddy look like you get when someone's getting in, like, there's something happening in the class and just like gotta go and then he just sort of like slid out of the frame so I couldn't see him anymore behind the window and I was just shaking because I wanted to laugh but I couldn't the thing ends up resolving itself the set settled down we end up getting the rest of the day but it was just that moment felt very much like uh I don't know like it was surreal and and it was exciting too for me because I felt so safe in my little fort (laughs) and like you know like you get to like I watch cringe videos on YouTube but I was like I was part of one like a kind of a set freak out and I'm like I'm there live but no one can see me and I'm dressed up and I felt like I'm real showbiz now you know it did it felt like real show business and it was such a we're making it it was such an innocuous sort of moment that like literally lasted like a minute but in the moment it was very funny that you you and I kind of had this giddy, yeah. like we're still in class or something and we're making this show and exactly. I can't laugh because I'm. everyone can see me, but no one can see you. <laughs> yeah. So you can pull that shit mm-hmm. and try and make me laugh. But it was very funny. Um, but yeah, that was a good moment. Uh, anything else stand out to you? There's lots of stuff. I just, I need to make like a list and actually think about it on the spot. A a retrospective on the shooting of the show. It'll be fun. We'll uh, (laughs) we'll do a full episode on funny stories and you guys can all collect them. We get John. Also, if you get like John and Mark involved, you guys can bounce each other off, bounce each other, bounce ideas off. Um, Well, and then it it, it rolls too, because then we remember things other people aren't remembering. But one thing I did want to say sort of about the wrap of the show, and we had talked about this a bit, Shane, was... um, making a show like this is it was a unique experience we never made a tv show it's like we'd made the crave show which was like that was more like a talk show and it was set up it was here 299 this was like this sprawling sort of like we didn't know we didn't know and then you Mm -hmm. sort of make it and you learn a lot but what happened is the last thing we shot was this cowboy sketch uh starring shane as the sexy drifter and Everyone knew it was the last day. It was kind of designed to be the last day because everyone could get in the cowboy outfits, like cast and crew. People were extras. It was like a really sort of fun sort of last day. And I thought a lot about sort of like the show and what we're doing with the show. And, you know, we always talk about like these creative endeavors, like what can you get high off anymore? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, we had a show like Max. It's like, I don't know if you still get high off of playing arenas. Like, I'm sure there's elements of it that you can find, but it's like it will never be the same as like the first Mm -hmm. time that you did something like that. And so I was kind of like, oh yeah, like it's cool making a show, but we're in it. And you, and there's so many things to, to solve every day that you're kind of like, oh, you're just kind of like doing what's in front of you. When they called the rap, Andrew Ferguson, who is one of our partners, producing partners on this, he sort of made like a speech. Like everybody came into the main room of like after that we'd sort of done the last shot and we didn't call rap yet. We got everyone in the main room and Ferg basically sort of made, you know, he made a speech about what we had done and how sketch is the hardest thing to shoot or to do, uh, to make in television, just because there's so many different setups and, and sort of demands, uh, when it comes to all the different departments. Uh, and it was very emotional and I didn't know if I was gonna be emotional. And like Jillian and Bella had talked about, you know, they're a lot younger than us and they'd been like, you know, we're making this show and it's so exciting and we're gonna be so sad when it wraps. Cause you know, they were living in Hamilton for the 17 days that we were shooting and all that or for longer than that. Um, and so it was like this really cool thing for them. So they were saying they're gonna get emotional. I was like talking to Shane and John, I'm like, you guys think like, you're gonna get like emotional on rap or whatever. And 
I don't know. Did you think you would going into the rap moment where it was kind of the culmination of everything coming? To I, did, I didn't think anyone would. I, did, I wasn't sure. I never even thought about it because I was freezing my ass off that day. It was very <laughs> cold. And although it was the illusion of an interior, we might as well have been outside that so you could have seen my breath. So I didn't think about it until it happened. I was worried about my speech that never got thrown to me. <laughs> so I was like, OK, I prepared all that shit for nothing. Uh, if I didn't prepare one, I would have had to give one. But anyway, when I saw Jillian and Bella crying, when I see people mm, cry, yeah. nothing will make me cry more than seeing any someone else get emotional. And then I was overcome with emotion. And then I didn't actually cry, but I definitely got very teary eyed. And then, uh, yeah, hugged them both. And they, you know, Bella's like, eh, you changed my life or something. And I was yeah. like, oh, Jesus. Like, they they feel th that good about it, which made me feel great. And it just, it honestly put pressure too. like, we got to make this show good for these people yes. so we don't let them down. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, uh, yeah, I felt very proud to be a part of the team and all that. Uh, and, and you had talked about in a car ride, enjoying the process over the end product. Yeah. And I found I actually was able to do that. For me, I was having fun like every day and appreciating it in the moment, which I find it's very hard for that to happen in life, especially if you're young. And Jillian and Bella are like 15 years younger than me. And every day they would say like, this is the time of our lives. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you have that much foresight. Yeah. You can actually appreciate that in the moment. Like I can barely do it and I can only do it because I'm older that I know like I'm appreciating even like my diminishing youth that I have, which yeah. I think is helping me appreciate the moment all the more. Mm -hmm. But they were able to appreciate it. So that gave me extra appreciation for them in the project also. Well, yeah, like when Ferg wrapped out Jillian and Bella and they got these big round of applause and it was just so emotional and it was great. And I was thinking because I, cause I was like, ah, you know, like I've been a, we've been a part of things like I kind of knew what it would be. I didn't think it would be emotional. And to Shane's point, when I saw them like being, you know, emotional, I got emotional. But then I was like, why am I so emotional right now? And I was trying to think about it. This is afterward. I was talking to you about this the next day where I was like. One, it was fucking freezing on that set, and I'm in this little dinky cowboy outfit. You cry when you're cold. I cry when I'm cold. But it's, so it's like your body's kind of always tense, so then it's like yeah. when it's over, you kind of have like a moment. I also knew there were some beers waiting, so I was like, yes. get those in my bag. They're uh, taking too many beers. Too I'm many. the showrunner. <laughs> so, but I think what it was, was what I realized in the moment is I was like, um this what's happening around this rap on like a t season one of a TV show. And this thing that's kind of like we're doing is it's like so many things had to happen to get to this point. We can't recreate this. You can't buy this moment at all. Like, cause it's like, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, you can't, you can't, like so many things had to happen 20 years of like us working in TV to get a show. Then, mm -hmm. this, then the people that worked on it were all great vibes and it was amazing. Yeah. So it's like to, to, to get a moment like this, like a rich person couldn't like build a construct where it's like, I made my own show and everybody cares and they're all invested in people are crying as we call rap. It's like so much shit has to happen. So it felt like the most unique moment. It was the most unique. I'd never experienced anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you can't recreate it. Like you need, 10,000 things to happen and a couple years to get to that moment. It felt like an earned like emotional moment for everybody in the room. And I was like, wow, like I've never, I haven't experienced yeah. this before. And that was exciting and emotional. Yeah, it felt know? like it doesn't matter if the show comes out. It almost wouldn't matter because the experience was worth it. hundred percent. How it was. Like outcome yeah. shouldn't dictate how you view like the process. Uh, but you yeah. guys sound like um, in talking about this, you know how like everyone rolls their eyes at actors who just talk about the process <laughs> and just like how in integral it is to the human spirit and connection with each other. You guys just did that for the last 10 minutes. It was amazing though. What? Yeah. 
I was trying to share my the my, the, the human no, experience. No, it's honest. It's no, honest no, and no, truthful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're probably right, though. It probably is like cringeworthy. Well, no, like no, I'll probably listen back. I love it because I shit. love listening to it because because I've had moments in my life like that, and they are truly like the highest high and like the deepest sort of like creative emotional space you can be in but i think mm-hmm. we all are all kind of like cynical sort of funny people and whenever you hear you you know you know actors i'm sure we all know actors who oh, talk yeah. about yeah, their yeah. work as if they're like i don't know like reaching god and you're always like okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't Do think you- we're taking it that <laughs> no, far max no, 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 no. i think you're the ultimate pontificator and i think once we're pontificating a little mm. bit talking about things you're like oh getting a taste of my own medicine <laughs> That's true. That is true. Oh, this does seem long when when someone else does it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like the the need to share the experience. It's not that it was a religious. Like I think what you're talking about is like what it's like if we were talking about what our what it would mean for people. It's almost like how we perceived it. Less than like what we did will really heal some people. You know, like I don't know how it'll be received. I do remember in yeah, I'm kind of saying the opposite of that. In high school, I was in a musical and it was like a class. And then at the end of the term, you put on the musical. And But that experience of like working on the show every day after school and then like, yeah. it's amazing. It is such a cool thing to be. I, You know what? I think more adults should have outlets like that. I think you just sort of summed up maybe the way I was trying to say. It's almost like graduating high school, that feeling that you can yeah. only have when you're a teenager, but you, we somehow recreated it as adults. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's probably the unique and trick. Adults that's need the that. trick that's I think hard adults to pull. need that more often. Yes. Yeah. It's like, join a of theater. Of course. Do it's... something that makes you feel. Because everybody's just so tired and cynical, you know? I think it's uh, it's a good, it's good for the human spirit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, now I'm scared to talk. I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, no. Max, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I love it. Um Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Guys, speaking of friction in the workplace. Ooh. Oh. Have you ever gotten so mad mm. at a colleague that you threw a punch mm. 
like Draymond Green did. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. The story quickly for anybody is the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green had a sort of a confrontation with a younger player, Jordan Poole. I think he's a third year player, fourth year player. Anyway, he uh, he it seemed like a, a yappy, yappy thing. And then Draymond literally like clocked him, <laughs> like haymakered him in the face. And the practice footage came out. No one should have saw the footage. It got leaked. That's what Max is talking about. Have I ever been in a conversation with a coworker where I've ever gotten physical? I haven't even gotten physical with like people that are trying to fight me like at a bar. <laughs> like, so I can't imagine that I would ever like, no, the answer is no. The question should be, have we ever seen something get physical at a workplace? Unless you've gotten physical at a workplace. No, I, people have wanted to get physical, but I run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once a guy chased me for the longest time around a pole and I just get running around the pole and he couldn't get me. This was at a bar. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. This was guy it? was on cocaine, I think. What bar was it? This was at like whiskey. Joe's in Hamilton. <laughs> I worked at a place called Talis and I went there with a, a couple of the women I worked with. And I think this guy thought one of the women liked me. Mm. And then he liked the woman mm. and he goes, all right. And he starts chasing me and he just runs at me. I didn't even, he didn't even say like, oh, I'm going to fight you, but I could tell he wanted to hit me. And we just chased me around the pole <laughs> and I had to wait for a cab to come. <laughs> and then I saw a cab hailed it and ran in the cab, just said, go and left. Yeah. He just wanted to buy you a drink. Yeah, yeah. No, he wanted to get me. He apologized years later. I saw him at Hess. Oh, this guy. And he was just saying he was real messed up at the time. Mm. Oh man. Well, there, there's something. Uh, uh, there's, Max, mm. you, you, I, well, I was going to ask you, you work in uh, you work in an industry where emotions can run mm. high and you have volatile mm. creatives everywhere. Have you, alcohol is consumed <laughs> in the workplace. Have you ever seen a physical altercation? Uh, has your band ever had well, one? <laughs> no, no. I, our band's pretty sedate for the most part. Like everybody's pretty chill. And, and, and I think we've also created a culture that like, it's such a long road that like if somebody fucks up on stage or it doesn't matter, like we, we like the, the philosophy in, with our Kels is like, let's just sort of like laugh, like take note of it and make sure that we correct the things that need to be corrected, but let's just laugh off everything. Cause nothing really matters. It's all just like fun and games really. Um, there has been a, the odd storm off, if I'm being honest, and I won't mention what what band member, <laughs> but we were recording in LA, and and one band member took offense uh, to what something somebody said, and and then just left for the afternoon. We just didn't know where he went for for six hours, but then he came back the next day. It's fine. <laughs> uh, um, that's good. But um, we, I did hear about we we had a really good time in Europe, and um, so there's a guy in Lights's band, this guy Brody, who is awesome, who's just like such a funny, smart, interesting guy. And we joke that like he'd be in the downstairs lounge on the bus, just kind of up drinking beers and just talking to whoever would come into the lounge till like three or four in the morning. But he was really into smart conversation. Whenever there's guys who like drinking and get into dumb conversation, I'm like, get me the fuck away from you. And I know some people like that who I'm just like, you guys are just getting dumber every 10 minutes and you're getting angry <laughs> and you're getting stupid. And I fucking hate that. But there's some drunks yeah. uh, that I absolutely love to be around because it's like they get funnier and the conversation kind of gets more interesting. And so Brody uh, would would have these like late night. I call it like um, a late night talk sports show where basically he was the host and anybody who walked in would be like the caller in and he'd debate them about the Toronto Maple Leafs. He hates the Leafs. He's a Tottenham fan. So Dennis, our saxophone player who loves Chelsea would come in and they talk and it was just a very like fun environment to be around. But one night, um, 
Tony was was sleeping upstairs on the bus and he got uh, awakened by people screaming at each other. So he said, oh my God, I got to go downstairs and like defend Brody. And then he just heard the words Chelsea. And it turns out that Dennis was just talking about Chelsea, the football team, and, and Brody's a Tottenham fan. And they were just literally screaming at each other so loud that they woke up somebody a floor above them. And then Bro- and so he was halfway down the stairs. He's like, oh, never mind. Well, it's fine. There's also probably different cultures. Like, you know, you talked about being in England and seeing like a proper like soccer brawl or mm-hmm. something. Like, I think there's groups of friends that probably just come to blows and it's not a thing the oh, next yeah. day. Whereas like... I see the the Draymond Green Jordan Poole thing, and I'm like, if I'm Jordan Poole, I just feel t- like I feel so embarrassed. Oh, really? You know I mean? yeah. that, like, but if you're hammered, I think you feel less embarrassed. I think if yes. they were both out and drinking, and it's 4 a.m. or something, and, in and if Vegas, there wasn't a video, well, the video yeah. sucks. Like that's the thing that like if you're if you're Jordan Poole's like nephew, everybody's talking about how your uncle got his face fucking smacked in by Draymond Green. Like all that stuff plays into your pride too. It's hard. This is the. It's like it's toxic masculinity. This is like, obviously that's interesting like, though. What I don't understand is like when people were like, Chris Rock was really embarrassed by the slap, or Jordan Peele was really embarrassed by the punch. I, my brain doesn't go there at all because I'm just like, no, like they like both both guys were sucker punched. Like it only is embarrassing for the person who lost their temper. I was like, that guy is a fucking idiot. Like Uncle Jordan who got punched out. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, or just in the moment in the Oscars. The like obviously the winds have changed, but at that moment, a lot of people kind of were almost siding with Will. Really? And then he got a standing ovation. And I bet you he was so embarrassed until weeks later. It wasn't until people changed their tune. There was like they, a lot of fucked ar- Chris Rock fucked around and found out like energy, sort of like mm-hmm. when what you're saying yeah, is people yeah. took Will's side where it's like, don't make a joke about a man's wife. And that there was some of that mm-hmm. right, right after. And then obviously that's shifted, but I don't, Max, don't you think culturally though, that like, if you get hit, you shouldn't like defend yourself. I'm saying like, I don't, I'm saying that I think that this is like a toxic thing that's built into people. I don't know if it's like if men or a society or how we grew up, but it's like, if somebody like, or maybe it's like goes back, like if somebody offends you physically, like you just like, well, they're wrong. You don't think you need to do something like I'm such a pacifist. I just think of like, I'm such a pacifist that I think violence is like never the answer like it's so and i i doesn't even come to mind to try to fight back i I think it's so have you ever been like have you ever been smacked um no maybe i haven't maybe that's why i don't know the pain has anyone like beat you up on a have you ever been beat up on a schoolyard Mm, no farted in your face (laughs) (laughs) the night is young (laughs) let's go get him uh i think because i think that's the thing like maybe if you've never been like bullied Mm. or like hit on a schoolyard is you it's like the incident happens. It's almost like the George Costanza jerk store. Yeah. It's like it happens. And then you spend a lot of time thinking about what you should have done. Mm. You replay it in your mind. You're, you're embarrassed for reasons that, because of your point, it's not their fault. It's not Chris Rock's fault. He got smacked or Jordan Peele certainly didn't deserve to get hit. But it's almost like, should I have done something after? Like, are people going to think I'm a, you know what I'm mm. saying? I always think about that. There, there, this is kind of related, but unrelated. But we were uh, on a hike and uh, just m- my family. Yep. And this woman starts walking towards us pretty slow, but she's got a dog unleashed. And I'm a little bit scared because I hate unleashed dogs. Mm, yes. And it seems like, oh, what if she bites my daughter? And the woman comes up and then she goes, your daughter is stepping on this grass here. 
And I live, and it, this was like an affluent woman who lived in it. Like one, she's like, I live right there, and this grass is not supposed to be stepped on. <laughs> oh and God. then she walks away, <laughs> and I'm like, just stunned. She walks away, and I'm looking around. There's all these you need to have your dog leashed signs. There's all these things where dogs need leashes. Yeah. For years, this happened two years ago. All I've been thinking about is I should have been like, hey, put your dog on a fucking leash. Did you see that? And I, I, I come up with jokes. Sometimes I'm in the shower. I come up with like this witty little thing. I can't let it go. Yes. I bring it up to Alex all the time. This woman was so pompous. She mm. and she, do you know who she reminds me of? Oh, that actress. Yeah. In that sketch we just watched today. Yes. And I cannot like that woman because she reminds me so much. <laughs> so when we were shooting, I couldn't even talk to her or look at her. I'm like, I'm getting too mad just thinking about it. Oh my goodness. Did I, yeah. did I tell you um, what happened to me in the Halifax pizza place? Did, t- did we talk about this last pod? No. Oh yeah. Wait, the, the vaccine guy? No. Who's the vaccine guy? Okay, go on. Go on. I, didn't some guy come in and say something to you? Oh, and then you hey, no, shoot a million vaccines up your yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was in Buffalo. That, that was months ago. No, this happened in Halifax like last week. So basically, the sh- uh, we play the show. Uh, we're all out at a bar. I sneak away. I go to the pizza place, Pizza Corner. And uh, if you're familiar with Halifax Pizza Corner, there's three pizza places. After midnight on a Friday or Saturday, it's just packed full of like Dalhousie kids and people hitting the bar. So I'm standing in line to get my pizza. You know, each pizza shop probably has like, you know, 12 people in line. I make my way to the front. There's a couple people ahead of me, like a group of people that are ahead of me. And I'm next in line. This girl walks up. She's kind of on her phone and sort of nuzzles up to the group that's buying the pizza. So I'm, so at first I, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt and I think, oh, she must be just with this larger group. Fair enough. You want to get your pizza order in, you're with them. Great. But then I go, wait a second, they're not really interacting with each other. I don't think they're together. So I say, hey, are, are you with the group? Are you with this group ahead? And, and she doesn't, she pretends to be on her phone. And then I, I'm like, okay, she's not answering me. I tap the guy who's paying for his pizza. I go, hey, is, is this girl with you? Do you know this girl? And he goes, he looks at me, he's like, no, I don't know the person. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Hey, you clearly butt everybody. You know, there's, there's about 10 people in line behind us. You got to go to the back. You got to go. Come on. She just ignores me. Her friend then shows up and says, hey, is this your friend here? And, she, and she's like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, she just butt everybody in line. You're not with these people. You got to go to the back of the line. And they're like, they look at me and they're like, bro, come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, what am I doing? What are you doing? You just butted everybody. <laughs> So then I go, to, I go to the people behind me, like a group of five Dal kids. I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know and everybody behind that these people right here, they just bud everybody. They just walk right to the front. And they're kind of like looking at me. Everyone's kind of like drunk at this point. No one's really, really cares. And then I go to the people serving the pizza. I'm like, hey, just so you know, these people just bud everybody. And I need to be served ahead of them. There's no way these people are ordering pizza before me. The guys are kind of like, okay, yeah. And then I turn around to the people behind me. I'm like, who wants pizza? You want pizza? Pizza on me. Everybody's getting pizza as long as I get served ahead of these two wow. girls right here. So, the, so wow. they're like, okay. I'm like, all right, what do you guys want? And so I, I end up getting seven slices of pizza for everybody behind me. I'm like, you want a pizza? You want a pizza? Anyone want drinks? drinks I like drinks, this move. It. I love this. And, then, and, the, and the girl, I'm just like, and I'm doing this. I'm just yelling at this point. I was so fucking angry because I was like, listen, I'm okay with you trying to bud, but if you get caught, I like the game. Oh, you're pretending to be with the, like, I like budding lines. Who doesn't like budding lines? But if you get caught, you got to go to the back of the line. And if, mm-hmm. I was nice about it. Yeah. So, and that's why I said, I was like, listen, I like the attempt. It's a good try. You got caught, go to the back of the line. 
go. And so then basically I just bought pizza for the entire <laughs> store to make sure that it took a very, very long time for those people to get served. And then I left. How do they wow. react in this moment? Do they just quietly take their defeat? No, they looked at me like I was being an asshole and that I was crazy. And, and they were just like, oh, what's your, what's like, what's your problem, man? I'm like, what's my problem? Mm. What's your problem? Get the fuck to the back of the line. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But I guess they have to act like that. They're in so deep at yeah. that point. They have to act like they're crazy. No one can turn a no into a yes or just change their mind. All you have to do right? is they can't smile be like, go, eh, you're yeah, right. I got caught. Okay, I'll go to the back. It was a good try. I know, but they're in too deep at that point. They've already done the phone pretend and all this <laughs> shit. It's tough. Uh-huh. This happened to me, by the way, recently. And I'm so glad you had the good end of this where you did the best move buying everyone the pizza. Mm-hmm. Guess where it happened where? to me? I'm not sure if I told you this. At the rally. Oh. <laughs> no, so there's there's this long beer line. And, you know, people are kind of butting in front of everybody because there's a like sometimes it's like, is this a line? Is this just a bunch of people gathering? And the rally is kind of a lot of people haven't seen each other a long time. It's hard to tell what the line and what just a crowd was. But this man, he's kind of tough looking. He looked like Jeremy Renner in the town a little bit. He had that vibe. He's shorter guy, but he looked like kind of tough. But and he's with his his girl and his girl butts right in front of me. And then he notices that I notice and he goes, oh, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) And he leaves and he says it in a very like congenial, like funny, like, oh, we're busted, but I'm going to just see how it all plays out. So I'm almost obligated to say something and it's just killing me from the inside. And Alex (laughs) is bothered by it. So then when we get to the front and it's her turn to order, I just go whoop and butt right in front of her. <laughs> and I do an order. <laughs> it's all, it's all just goofy yeah. noises. No. Oh, okay, okay. This is, this is. Mic drop. Kaboom. Burn. But then she's like, we were here before or something. She says something to me. And I'm like, were you? Well, it didn't seem like you were. And and then the guy comes up. He's like, is there a problem here? Because I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. (laughs) And he goes from like congenial, like, ooh, I'm going to get busted to I set you up because I knew there'd be a confrontation. And I'm just here to crack skulls today. (laughs) And then this this scene just happens. And I'm like, oh, no, I was just this was a misunderstanding. She was here before. And I totally like (laughs) bow down. And then all night I was just terrified that this man was going to find me in the crowd and just like give me the knuckle sandwich that he thought I deserved. (laughs) So I found a tough friend who was kind of like our Jeremy Renner from the town from high school. Oh, yes. John was there. And he was my bodyguard that night. Just and I told him the story and he was just looking for him. He's like, tell me if you see him, I'm going to bounce on him. (laughs) And I felt like scared and protected at the same time. Like I almost wanted it to happen, but I'm scared if it does, it's going to go way too far. But yeah, anyway, I, I love the way you handled that. Yeah, this, it's like a fantasy of mine, the way you did that. I've used this trick before when people are being petty assholes. And I love throwing money at the problem to prove that it's not yes. about the money. It's about the principle. Because this happened to me one time. I was sitting in Waterloo at a coffee culture. I was waiting to be picked up. It was the middle of winter. This is like years ago. I was waiting to be picked up by maybe the band or something. But I need to kill like 10 minutes. And it was like the middle of fucking February. So, and it's freezing outside. So I'm just sitting in the coffee culture and then the guy comes up to, and he goes, Hey, you gotta, you gotta buy some if you want to sit here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's just freezing outside. I'm going to, I'm getting picked up in like five minutes. So hopefully that's okay. I, I, I get the policy, but is it okay if I just like, and also it's not busy. There's like nobody in the store. I'm just like, I'm not causing a problem. I'm just sitting quietly by myself. 
He goes, sorry, man, customers only. You got, you, you got to buy something. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, 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 literally mm-hmm. just five minutes. I'm sorry. I didn't. He's like, sorry, man, those are the rules. I was like, okay, okay. So then I think I go up, I find the cheapest like little like thing you can buy. Like, you know, like those little chocolates or something that are like 35 cents. Yeah. And I give him like a, a 10 chocolate paper. Clip. Yeah. And I give him a $10 bill and I said, keep the change. You can have it. And then I was like, see you later. Asshole. That's a good and move. You've told that before on the uh-huh. pod. I didn't want to stop you, but yeah, you know what still makes you see the good. discrepancies between the, the, the dollar amount, you know, if it was $5, I bill. think you said, keep the change. You filthy animal on the last <laughs> telling. <laughs> um, guys, um, what have you seen any movies? Let's wrap this up. But you're in the mood to chat today. Yeah, dude. Like the day when me and Shane got to go, yeah. you're like oh, just okay, like pulling shit let's out. Yeah, I, you know, I've been going to movies. Uh, no, let's stuff. let's finish on this. Let's let's finish on this. Let's. I got five more minutes. Let's do it. Um, have you seen any movies? Have you? I seen watched any? the beginning of the Reem Deem Team. I'm saying oh, that I perfectly. To watch that. I was about to. I was maybe going to watch this as soon as we get off. I was going to try Redeem to do. Is, is it any good? I watched. I it. didn't seem like it was I liked watching. The, I I love shit like this. It's no, it's 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 uh it's um it's perfectly fine. It does it picks up when Kobe enters the picture. It's perfectly fine, but it's not like some stellar dog. It's it a funny a conceit for a movie though. It's like the ultimate group of superheroes yeah. lost one game and now the ultimate group of superhero <laughs> basketball players are trying to win another game. Yes. It's like then they win. It's like, how could you care that yeah, they yeah. win? It's like, yeah, we had Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, LeBron showed up, Kobe, and we beat this Grease team. <laughs> did you get oh, okay? Did you get to the <laughs> did you get to the Coach K part yet? Oh my god. It Max, was great. When you watch this, Coach K, who's yeah, the coach of, of Duke, he's like he's been brought in to sort Fix of the program. you know, yeah. obviously get these these But he's yeah. Tim Robinson it's, in the movie. Oh, and he's just like and he's giving the speech to LeBron and Kobe and D Wade and Carmel and all these cool NBA players. And he's like, he's Coach K, the guy from Duke. So he's giving this speech, but I think by design, he's dropping all these F bombs. He's like, So you know, in the future when you're hanging out with your fucking grandkids and you're <laughs> fucking they want to know if you want a fucking gold medal. And it's just like Coach K, uh, you think they're going to care about you or the fucking Easter bunny? Huh? It's like, but he's got all these lines and he's swearing so yes. much. But if you watch that part as like, imagine Tim Robinson is this man at that moment. It just had me laughing so hard. Mike set me up for yeah. like, get ready for this part. And it lived up to the way yeah, he described awesome. him. He, yeah, he just seems so uncomfortable swearing. But so watch that. Like, did you watch the, the speaking of basketball docs? Shane was the one that insisted i watch it the donaghy cheating oh, uh, doc about the ref untold i loved it yeah. i'm not sure if you loved it mike i did and just like craft wise it's a really mm-hmm. well done doc like yeah. the way they shoot everything in the tvs like his his interview setup where there's like kind of like a big theater behind him like yeah so much it was just it's a beautifully made doc and the characters are like super compelling very cool and it it kind of ends by sort of like uh I don't know, insinuating a current ref was 100% also on the take and got away with something, and he's, like, coaching now. Uh, I don't want to give it away. You, if you're coaching or reffing now? Reffing, sorry, right. my bad. Reffing, yeah, yeah reffing. Mm. Uh, but he's, like, a prominent ref that has, that's, yeah, it's interesting. Damn. Interesting finish to the dog. I like it. But uh, we, I feel like you must have watched something recently. That's why you asked us that you want to maybe recommend. Well, I watched uh, two movies. I saw uh, Don't Worry, Darling. Oh, and oh. That's got to be a piece of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bros. I watched both those movies back to back nights. Okay, give us, give us as we wrap here, give us like uh, one. I want a one to ten on Don't Really Darling first. One to ten. I want a percentage, like an like a Rotten Tomatoes percentage. Okay, let's do that. Okay, when I left the theater, I would have said it was a 42%. What wow. are we talking about? You gave us two movies. Nah, don't worry, no, darling. D- don't worry, darling. And then when I 
Okay. After having seen Bros, it's up to 54%. Okay, so you're insinuating Bros was so bad that Don't Worry Darling seemed good by comparison. What is Bros? It's the, the Billy Eichner uh, movie. It's like the, Bros is bad? See, I'm shocked. I, wow. I wanted more of Bros too. Uh, it's getting great reviews, so maybe I'm in the minority. But uh, mm-hmm. and and like there, obviously there's like it's it's a, a a feat that they're they're making romantic comedies about gay men that all that stuff is great. I just maybe I just don't like the genre of romantic comedies. Maybe that's the thing that I don't care about. And so it's like any mm-hmm. romantic comedy with with that style of shooting and the lameness of the music and the the story arc that kind of you're not really invested in that much. Uh, that's what made me, uh, unhappy with it. I was just, you're a cynical guy. You don't like schmaltzy stuff. I like the right kind of schmaltzy stuff, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, anyway, you, you guys should watch those movies and we could talk about it because I'd like to know your thoughts. Are you going to come to our rap party, Max? When is it? October 20th. No. What day is that? Okay. What day is that? No, I think we're, (laughs) that's a Thursday. I think we're in uh, Winnipeg that night. Oh, I know. It's actually in Winnipeg. Yeah, the, the rap party's in Winnipeg. Oh, then I'm there. So if you can pop Great. by. Yeah, Vegas, Canada. Yeah. Um, but you'll come to the premiere. Of course. Right? Of you, course. You, you Listen, I'm, in a, I'm up on stage yeah. during the premiere. I'm talking the most, you know, on stage. I'm, I'm introducing <laughs> you guys. Of course. I'm yeah. telling the stories of what happened, how the show came together. I'm thanking everybody. <laughs> you guys will have a chance to speak too, but like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run that one. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, Guys, this has been a great episode. I think I was, you know, maybe we pontificate a little too long. Yeah, with the show. I, I, I didn't think so until but, Max was yeah. falling asleep there. And, you know, no, I'll be editing this. I was, yeah. I was, I was, uh, you know, holding on to every word, but it, it was just very actorly of you, which I liked. Now mm-hmm. that you're actors, <laughs> Max, very few people have sketch shows. Everybody's got a band, like even like <laughs> anthemic bands. There's like you know hundreds of them right now that play stadiums, but sketch shows, there's like one per country. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nathan Ash. Put it together. Thank you to Manager Ash, as always. Uh, Max, the big takeaway from last episode is that when Manager Ash is trying to get your attention to talk to Margot Robbie, you listen to Manager Ash, I think, is the big takeaway. So thank you to her. Thank you to Nathan Nash. Thank you to Shane. Thank you to Max. Guys, it's been a good hang. One per country per year, maybe. Oh, yeah. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.